Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast. This is where educators can come to find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. I think it's about nurturing a culture of yes and yet and giving people that space to try the things, right? As leaders, what we have to be committed to is removing the boundaries, the barriers that people encounter in their day-to-day work, and there are so many. Hey, Leader of Learning, thanks so much for tuning in. I think you are gonna really enjoy this episode. That voice you heard at the top was Dr. Tony Sinanis. I had really been looking forward to speaking with Tony Sinanis for a long time, but it took me a while to reach out to him, and I can honestly say it is absolutely one of my favorite interviews that I've gotten to do here in the first 66 episodes of the podcast. I really think you're gonna get a lot of value out of it, and I can't wait for you to listen, so I'm not gonna take up too much of your time here but I did just want to mention two things. First, a reminder that the Leader of Learning podcast is now a member of the On Podcast Media Network. I'm so excited to be teaming with some great podcasting friends of mine. I don't want to list them here because I don't want to forget anyone. But of course, the On Education podcast and so many others, definitely check out all the shows who are part of this amazing network at onpodcastmedia.com. And another reminder that all of my episodes from here on out will also have the video recorded as well as this audio. So I would really love for you to subscribe to the Leader of Learning YouTube channel. The easiest way to get there is to go to leaderoflearning.com slash YouTube. Thanks in advance, guys. And without further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Tony Sinanis. All right, so I'm excited to bring on my next guest here on the Leader of Learning podcast, Dr. Tony Sinanis. And let me just pull up the bio here. Dr. Tony is the co-author of multiple educational books, including Hacking Leadership. Uh, He is a national speaker and a highly sought after professional developer. He currently serves as assistant superintendent for human resources and leadership development in Chappaqua, New York. We were just talking before we hit record here, not even too far away from me. So I'm familiar with the schools and the dream team of leaders that you guys are putting together there. (laughs) Dr. Tony, thank you so much for joining me here. And uh, what what else did I miss? What introduce yourself? Who are you? Where are you? What do you do? You know, all that stuff. Um, is that so? I am Tony Sinanis. You got it right. You said my last name right, which is so, so special. Thank you. Most people don't get it right. <laughs> well, honestly, a lot of times just before I hit record, I do double check with uh, with my guests. And I would have done that, but I was like 100% certain no, that I knew it. it. And, I've, and I've heard you. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. I've heard your name mispronounced lots of times, especially on other podcasts. And, yes. and that really bugs me. But I'm glad. Thank you. I'm glad that you're glad. <laughs> it drives me. It drives me crazy. Not. I mean, I get it. You know, people people make mistakes. It's totally cool. My, but, uh, my last name gets mispronounced all the time too. I get everything from creeness to Christness. To, uh, it's it's all over the place. I get it's it. exactly. It's that right. <laughs> and no one's trying to butcher it. It just kind of happens. But no, thank you. Yeah. So yes, I am. I am in Chapel Bob, but um, I've been there for a couple of years as the assistant soup uh, for HR and leadership. I get to work with an amazing. Uh, leadership team, instructional staff in our schools. Our kids are, are pretty awesome. Um, and before that, I, I've done everything from uh, teaching elementary school in New York City and on Long Island uh, to being a building principal also on Long Island to uh, assistant superintendent for curriculum. And I've been a superintendent. So um, I've had a really um, wonderful journey in the profession. I've learned a lot. And the thing that has guided my work the most is being Paul's dad. My son, Paul, is 15, and he definitely has informed my perspective. Um, and for my heart in the work that I do. 
And so, yeah, that's that's me. That's what I do. And every day I get to go to work and try to contribute to making our schools and our learning opportunities better for kids. So it's exciting. That's great, man. And I'm, I'm really yeah. glad that you threw in the, the piece about your son. I'm, I'm yeah. a real big family man myself. Yeah. And, um, you know, over the last uh, few years, it's, it's been difficult in terms of that quote unquote balance, the, the yeah. work life balance, uh, as I've tried to advance my career, but also, uh, gone back to school to earn my doctorate degree, which we'll talk about here in a couple of minutes, great. um, and, and balance the family life as well. But my kids are great. And I agree with you. Like so much of what I do, uh, whether it's decisions I make or jobs that I take, it, it's all with them in mind. So yeah. let's yeah. Uh, let's jump into it, man. I, it, my this leader of learning podcast really is all about um, you know inspiring transformational leadership, and and I always keep a lens on leadership in terms of like anyone is a leader of learning, regardless mm-hmm. of who they are, where they are, what their role is, what their title is. And I I believe that you bring an interesting perspective here, unique perspective in the sense that you have been a leader for a long time. You've written books on leadership, but also that in your role now, you are hiring leaders Mm -hmm. and you are developing leaders. I guess, first and foremost, I'm wondering, like, what gets you going in terms of leadership? Like, what are you seeing out there? What do you try and push, you know, as far as like, what do schools and students need today from their leaders? That's a great question. Yeah. It's loaded, right? Good I know. Question. Yeah, it I, is. It is. <laughs> I will tell you that the the more and more I've uh, worked in our profession, and it's been over 20 years at this point, and the more I've had the opportunity to work in different communities uh, and with different teachers and leaders and parents and kids, what I've come to learn is that leadership is really critical to to whatever happens in any learning organization, right? So I don't think that there is a silver bullet to fix the problems that exist in our profession. And, you know, I think different communities have different problems, right? And, and different school districts face different challenges. But ultimately, leadership, in, from my vantage point, based on my experience, some of the research I've done is like the closest thing to a silver bullet to correcting the issues in, in, our, in our profession. And, I, you know, I've had the privilege to work with and learn from some of the most incredible leaders, you know, leaders who are thoughtful, leaders who are responsive and not reactive, leaders who put people at the center of every decision they make, right? Most, most significantly, uh, putting kids at the center of the decisions that they make, but also being really mindful of the impact that they have on their teachers and their, and their parents, right? Custodians and administrative assistants. It's someone who can stand back and somehow manage the 30,000 foot view of the dance floor or whatever you want to call it of the field, but also be on the dance floor on the field at the same time, right? And that that takes a lot of intentional decision-making. It takes a lot of self-reflection and it takes a lot of willingness to hear from other people what they need, um, where they want to go and incorporation of those ideas because in order to be an effective leader, you have to have an informed perspective you have to be comfortable distributing leadership because you don't have all the answers all the time. And leadership, in, in my experience, is as much about your own skill set as it is about your understanding of the context, right? You have to be able to understand the community that you work in, really invest in building relationships there because, you know, r- right in the beginning, you talked about um, transformational leadership. When you, when you read the research around transformational leadership, transformational leadership is only possible when a leader has amassed social capital, when a leader has built relationships and, and has invested in relational trust, because that's how you transform organizations. And, and transformation doesn't have to be some significant, you know, you're not flipping the table necessarily, but you're iterating, right? You're evolving, moving forward. Uh, and, and, and those changes are difficult and they're unsettling, but you can make those changes happen when people trust, when people believe 
And when people coalesce around that shared vision and can see where they're going, right? Like you, you've laid out the journey. Um, the destination may evolve, but people know where they're going. Um, and that, to me, is what leadership is about. It's about relationships. It's about people. It's about vision. It's about reflection. Um, and it's about being all in because there is no balance. Um, <laughs> and it's yeah. okay to, to accept that there's no balance. Um, but it's finding those moments where you do make time for yourself as well, right? Self-empathy is something I've been thinking a lot about too. So yeah, it's a lot, I know. And I that is, It's funny, I was hours. thinking <laughs> as you were talking, I'm like, man, I, I gave you such a loaded question and, and you kind of gave me a loaded answer. So, I, you know, it's it's what I deserved. Um, I, I heard in there a lot of uh, talk about relationships and, and being very people-centered and, you know, transformational leadership, but also verging on like servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. and, and so I think this is a, a perfect opportunity to mention that I have studied quite a lot of transformational leadership. I mentioned before we hit record here, and I hope my listeners aren't getting tired of of hearing this story, but I'm finishing a doctoral degree and I've just about finished my dissertation, thank you, on transformational leadership to inspire a growth mindset in classroom teachers. And I know yep. that one of the things that uh, that you're passionate about is using leadership for student learning and, and adult learning. And, mm-hmm. and that's really what I've become all about as well. And so I guess I'm wondering, you know, I didn't get to, uh, to interview you as one of my research participants, but I'm getting to speak to you now. And I'm wondering, what is, your, what is your take on that? Like, how can we, because honestly, you know, when you talk about sort of, um, a silver bullet or a magic pill. Like I think one of the greatest things that leaders can do to impact education right now is to make sure that teachers are not only supported, but they are inspired to yeah. want to continue to, to develop themselves as lifelong learners, continue to push themselves to uh, not only understand their students, but do everything possible to you know educate their students in ways that really will resonate with them. Uh, so as a, as a leader, what are you doing or what would you like to see leaders do in terms of really pushing students and especially pushing the adults that we work with and that we get to inspire to want to grow and develop and just keep pushing forward? First word that comes to my mind is model. So model being a learner first. You know, um, when I was principal at Kaniag Elementary School in Jericho, um, I introduced myself as a lead learner, not the lead learner, but a lead learner. Um, because as I have sort of reflected on who I am in my professional world and life, learner is always the first thing that pops into my head. And I feel like it's critical that we model being learners first. We are educators, like maybe third or fourth down the list, right? You are a learner first. You are a thinker second. You are a problem identifier, maybe not always solver, but identifier. And then you're an educator, right? And I think if we just flip that a little bit, right, thinking about not ourselves as educators first, but as learners first, it changes um, just the whole feel of an organization. And I can tell you, as a leader, I am really conscious of sharing my learning with the people I work with and the people who I you know, technically lead, but more importantly, serve. I put it out there. When I talk to kids, I share things that I've read and learned about, videos that I've watched. You know, I'm working right now with a group of uh, kids in our district. I'm sort of sitting in on this committee. It's an advisory group of students and kids who are looking at um, unpacking the notion of equity in our schools and particularly dealing with issues of race. And so I've just been listening to their to their thinking around it and planning. They want to do some activities with, with groups of kids and think about how they can roll it out to impact more of the staff and the kids. And I just threw out there this really powerful TED Talk that, that impacted me, Colorblind 
uh, Be Color Brave, Not Color Blind, right? By Melody Harris might be her last name. I can't remember her last name, but great TED Talk. Highly recommend it. But I threw it out there um, um, to the kids and to this group of staff members who are working together. And one of the kids was like, so you, you like still watch TED Talks and stuff and read? I was like, oh my God, all the time. Like, this is because I don't know anything is what I've learned. <laughs> and the only way I can re, uh, you know, sort of fill my mind and make sure that I am aware of what's going on in the world is by staying connected as a learner and, and staying relevant. So, yeah. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can, can I ask you kind of a follow-up question to that? Yeah. So as you're talking, I'm thinking, you said model, and I think one of the things you brought in is how we as leaders can help inspire the adults, especially that we work with, and, and, and the students as well, by really pushing that, that aspect of like, we are still learning, we are those lead learners. Um, I'm always cautious and careful not to say, well, this is how we did it at my old school, or yeah. here's how I did it in my classroom, or if I were in the classroom, here's how I would do it. How, how do you get around that? You know, like, let, let, let's say we have, uh, you know, listeners who are tuning in and, and they want to push themselves to inspire other educators, but they're, they're nervous about it. They're, they're hesitant. Like how can they not maybe make those, those prototypical mistakes? Well, listen, I think it's, it's instead of defaulting to try to off, to trying to offer a solution and, and a pathway forward, maybe give people some time and space to grapple with the problem. And, and, and work through it and question it and look at it from different angles and, and, and be part of that process, right? Don't feel like you always have to solve the problem as a leader. And that is something that we do. And that also is something that impacts your ability to empathize with others when you just immediately solve a problem and the way people view you. And yeah, granted, there are things we do have to solve in the moment if there's an emergency and you have to like evacuate a, build, a building. Yeah, no one wants you to deliberate that, right? <laughs> you just got to react and do what you got to do. Um, but when it relates to um, just learning constructs or, or theories of learning or, or instructional practices. You don't have to have all the answers, but you have to give people time and space to grapple with the challenges and certainly contribute to it. You know, I, I've been very fortunate to work with so many brilliant people and passionate people that I am able to throw ideas on a table that are not mine at all, but are ones that I've learned from others. And, and I'm also really comfortable throwing my mistakes on the table to be like, you know, I tried this once. I totally stepped on a landmine. It was terrible. This is what I did. Don't do that. <laughs> you know, like don't. And, and I have found that to be an effective way to partner with people and collaborate around ideas and model being a learner. We talked, I think, before we went online, this notion of failure. Put it out there because we have to be willing to take risks with trying things, right? Like trying engaging in certain learning, you know, professional learning opportunities or learning uh, contracts for kids in classes and almost being comfortable baiting, beta testing things that are not quite perfect, but they're good enough to try. And, and that takes work on a leadership team's part 
to create conditions where people feel safe enough to take those risks. And you can create that safety, right? Because emotional safety we know is critical to people's willingness to take risks in their classrooms. Trust, but you can you create those conditions by modeling that yourself, by modeling taking risks, by modeling the failure and reflecting openly on it and how you're going to move forward differently and what you learned. So here's what's great about your answer. As I get uh, so so close to uh, wrapping up and defending my dissertation and and getting that degree and and, and publishing it, um, you hit on so many of the themes that that came out of my research. You talked about building relationships, which leads to making people feel comfortable. Uh, you talked about sharing the leadership and empowering teachers mm-hmm. to be a part of the change process and, and the leadership process. And, uh, and and maybe most importantly, one of the last things that, that you just mentioned was making people just feel comfortable yeah. and comfortable to take risks. I actually had uh, a recent guest of mine, a good friend, AJ Bianco, who is oh, now yeah. a district leader in, uh, in New Jersey. Yeah. And we talked a lot about that, you know, taking risks and making an impact. And I think that uh, if I could, I don't want to speak for AJ, but it sounds like he is um, still making himself feel comfortable in his transition from being a teacher leader to a school and district leader and an administrator. So I guess if, if you could maybe take us a little bit deeper into that, like how, as you're making that transition, can you continue to, uh, at, at the same time as you're becoming comfortable in that role, help people feel more comfortable taking risks and going out on a ledge and, or a limb? What's the saying? Go out on a limb? Go out on a limb. Yeah. I don't think you want to go out on a limb. I don't know. Yeah, out on a limb. All right. But maybe look at the limb, be willing to look at the limb. Uh, Cool. Yeah. (laughs) So how how do you do that then when it comes to like taking risks and, and, you know, having that growth mindset to just like, I want to try something. Right. Okay. It's going to sound totally cheesy and cliche, but uh, I think it's about nurturing a culture of yes and yet and giving people that space to try the things, right? As leaders, what we have to be committed to is removing the boundaries, the barriers that people encounter in their day-to-day work. And there are so many. Our teachers, our teacher assistants, our you know push-in teachers, our occupational therapists, they are dealing with so many things on a day-to-day basis, right? Not just the instructional things that are a priority, but the social and emotional development of our kids, the needs of our families, the needs of our colleagues. The barriers are in front of them minute by minute, right? So our work as leaders is to remove those barriers so we can get our teachers to yes, right? And we can get them to try something. And if they're not ready today, that's okay. They're not ready yet, but we're going to work towards it, right? I think what's important is that we model the, uh, I don't know, that you're constantly in motion, right? Like we're living organization, we're living organism. And as such, we are constantly iterating and changing and evolving. We are not static. And so if you can communicate that through your actions, through your words, but in a really supportive way so that people understand that you're going to get them there too, or you're going to support their journey there. Um, it's not about you getting them. I don't think that ever works, getting people somewhere. I think it's about creating pathways for people to get to a place. Um, we don't need everyone to do the same thing at the same time because not everyone needs the same thing at the same time. We just need people to get to a certain place, right? Like I, I use this analogy. We always hear about the bus, getting on the bus. Let's get everyone on the bus. Make sure everyone gets on the bus. Are you going to run them over or leave them off the bus or whatever? I don't think everyone needs to get on the bus at the same time. I think people just need to be able to stand at one of the stops along the route. And so if you can clearly articulate the route that the bus is going to be on, then just let people to get on and off where they need to be on and off. And that's be about creating conditions of, of yes and yet. Yes, you're going to get on the bus at some point. may not be yet, but I'll support you when you're ready to do that. And I think that's really very important. Um, and never forget as a leader, the best leaders that I've worked with are people who have spent 
five, 10, 15 years in the classroom or, or, or in some, you know, uh, instructional capacity. Um, and not, not a knock on anyone who has not spent that much time in, in the classroom, but those are the leaders that I have learned from most like concretely um, because their, their thoughts always come back to the classroom, always come back to kids and learning. And I really respect them and appreciate that. So that's, that's another variable. So don't, don't lose sight of that. Like, I feel like I talk to leaders who will just make comments like, well, I mean, teachers should be able to do this. What's the big deal? Like, we're, you know, and it's like, what's the big deal? Like they're doing 9 million things a day, <laughs> the least of which is trying to like breathe and eat and, you know, go to the bathroom. And yet you're expecting them to, to manage all these things. Well, our work is to support them by removing barriers and by partnering with them. So that is, that's awesome. That's heavy. Yeah. I don't even know how to follow that up. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got no, me on a good day. <laughs> That's awesome. What, yeah. First of all, you're, you're always on. You're always on, man. Um, no, that's great. Um, I think that I, I'm going to like in full transparency, I will admit like I don't emote well. And I think that sometimes um, and, and I'm, I'm also I'm not the most extroverted person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could I feel comfortable in front of a microphone. You know, like <laughs> I, put, I do put myself out there, but I think sometimes that can lead to uh, people feeling like I'm not there for them if you can you know yeah i, I think i'm saying that right like yeah, yeah. but i've been more intentional um reflecting on my own practices and my own experiences as as a leader and and an administrator short-lived administrator at this point yeah. in my career um but even even just before we started talking i had someone reach out on uh, instagram and tell me that you know they love listening to the podcast and that they love how it sounds and how well produced it is like do yeah. you do that yourself i said yeah i'm, I'm like a one-man show like <laughs> this is just me doing it um yeah. but i but i pour a lot of myself into it and anyway my point is like i even said to this person through Instagram, please, if there's any help that I can give to you, because this person also has a podcast, like, let me know how I can help, you know, and and that's what I'm trying to bring to, of course, the teachers that I work with at my own school as an instructional coach, um, but even, you know, content creators and other educators that I'm connected with on social media to say, look, I'm, I am so grateful that you think I'm doing a good job. You know, let's tell other people so more people subscribe to the podcast. No, no, no. I, but, <laughs> but still, yeah, yeah, right. Tell tell your friends. Um, yeah. But no, it's like, look, I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah. But if I could give back, I, I really want to. Don't think that I'm here just trying to hog the spotlight. Uh, and yeah. so I really appreciate that you said that because I think that's something for me personally that I'm trying to be more intentional about. And, and listen, sometimes we, we do have to be, we always have to be intentional. Right. But sometimes we need to be like even more thoughtful about what we're going to do next, because we have to recognize that the needs of the person on the other end of that are maybe different than our needs. Right. So you're talking about being an introvert. I feel like I encounter so many introverts in our profession who are on all day. Right. They're on for their kids or their schools or whatever. And so when it comes down to to a meeting or professional learning opportunity, they are not, they're not withdrawing, but they're they're pulling back because that's how they're learning, because that's how they're processing, because that's how they're engaging. And that's okay. And so I think leadership is as much about everyone else around you as it is about you. And, and leadership, I don't just mean in a formal position if you're a principal or superintendent or whatever. In your classroom, as a coach, you are leading learning in some capacity and, or, or leading a group through some process. Um, that is incredibly important for you to remember that the needs of the people around you may be slightly different than yours. And you may not always be able to meet their needs all of the time, and that's okay. But being aware of them is critical um, because one of the things that I thought a lot about over the last couple of years is this notion of intent versus impact. 
So I, I might be intending to do something, but the way it's going to impact someone else is far more important than what my intent was. And so being cognizant of the impact starts with being un, having an understanding of the person on the other end or the group of people on the other end and what their needs are, what their priorities are. Um, and so that that is something to really be mindful of, I think, all of the time, whether you're teaching a group of fourth graders, whether you're leading a PD session or whether you're running the administrative cabinet meeting for your district leadership. Those are things that you remember. What are the needs of the people around you and how do you get people, um, you know, a pathway to get to where we need to go? Right. Depending on where they are at. So. I, I have to stop here and, and not that I wouldn't want to keep talking with you, but that was like a perfect way of summing up like what I'm about on this show. You know, again, being a leader, no matter who you are or where you are, what your role is, what your title is. So uh, it's just like a really beautiful way to like bring it all together. So I appreciate thank that. You. Before we do go, uh, I want to thank you for your time and just let anyone know out there, you seem very approachable uh, to me. I reach out, you know, on Twitter DM, like how can people yeah. get a hold of you if they want to? Because you just dropped a whole bunch of really <laughs> awesome knowledge on us and maybe people have more questions or want to reach out. You're very kind, first of all. Um, and if I if I dropped anything that was useful, it's because you've created a, a space for me to be able to do that, right? So I think you model quite well what it means to create a space for the person on the other end to engage in a way that they're comfortable. So appreciate so that. Thank you. I, I thank you for that. And I know the work is not easy. So thank you for doing this because podcasts, conversations, video, you know, watching webinars, I learned so much from educators all of the time. My PLN has changed my whole life over the last like eight years. And so I'm so grateful to people like you who are willing to put in the time and commitment to create the content and put it out there. So thank you. If you want to find me, Twitter is probably the best way, um, at Tony Sinanis, T-O-N-Y-S-I-N-A-N-I-S. You could also email me, though, at sinanistony at gmail.com. I'm pretty good at responding my, to my emails. I'm pretty good at responding to my DMs. I'm not good on Voxer, so don't box me because I may not see it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and, 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 and any way that I can help, um, I feel like I, what I've learned from my PLN is that notion of together we are better. And when we are better, we do better for kids. And so I'm, I'm just grateful to be able to connect with people like you and, and learn and grow and share my passions and interests um, and help me get better too. So thank you. Thank you again. And uh, that's great, man. I, I, I really appreciate that. Hashtag better together, right? That's and, right. and uh, you know, you and I are not far away geographically. I know that if we haven't yet, uh, we, well, we haven't known it, uh, that we, our we paths will cross. There, yeah, sure. our paths will cross definitely. <laughs> and and I, I am... Uh, I'm quite confident that I will try and stay in touch and, uh, and and keep picking your brain about things. But man, I, I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dan. Wow. Thank you again so much, Tony Sinanis, for just providing so much great value here. Guys, I told you at the beginning of this episode, this was one of my favorite interviews, and I hope now you could see why. Definitely some really, really great information that Tony shared. And at least for me, lots and lots of inspiration. One more time, I thank you so much for listening. And before you go, I haven't asked for this in a long time, but I also haven't gotten any in a long time. I would really appreciate it if you could rate and review the Leader of Learning podcast. It's easiest to do in Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, but there are other podcast platforms out there that allow you to do it as well. So if you could please head over to Apple Podcasts or Apple iTunes or use whatever podcast platform you have as long as it allows you to rate and review this show. And please let me know how much you love it and how much you appreciate it. I appreciate you very much. I hope you know that. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. Next episode will feature another amazing guest, George Valenzuela, who is really doing so much great work in the areas of project-based learning, computer science, and STEM. I can't wait for you to listen to that one too. Until next time, guys, thank you so much. We'll see you later. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Also, if you enjoy the content shared on the show, please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. I would also appreciate it if you would leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or whatever podcast app you use to listen. For more information about me or this show, head over to leaderoflearning.com. While you're there, you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, how to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Voxer, sign up for our newsletter, and even find out how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again, and remember, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a Leader of Learning. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.